Welcome to the Propane Fitness Podcast. Oh, oh. sorry. I'm not a biker, so I'm a gold star. That's <laughs> <laughs> just like. <laughs> You're not allowed to restart. <laughs> what caused the realization? Shoes. I was just shoes like, near the bike. Where's my bike? There's space there. Oh, I'm sorry, my bike's going to be. It's outside Goldstone. <laughs> yeah. How, how, so you rode it there and walked home? Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> we have spent about 40 minutes getting ready for this podcast. We've got everything ready, mic set up, everyone's oh. got all the, like, the coughs and stuff out I'll of give the you a system. I'll, I'll give you a lift. <laughs> We're just about to start, and then David just looks at the wall and is like, oh, I've left my bike. Great. <laughs> You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. Is it locked? It is, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Propane Podcast. I am now part of the cool club, part of the 10-day meditation retreat club. Now, if you've been following us for a while... You'll have seen a guest post from propane athlete Al and propane athlete David. Both have completed the 10-day meditation retreat. There's a, a video interview with David and an article from Al, both beautifully uh, worded and um, articulated. And we have the pleasure of having both of them here today, as well as Johnny and Chris. Hi. Just Hi. so Hello. we can recognise everyone's voices, can we all just go around and... Uh, Introduce ourselves and say one important, exciting thing about ourselves. Hello, I'm Johnny. <laughs> what did we say? Just, just name? No. Well, I, I think everyone knows who Johnny is. I'm Johnny. They're going to know who you are and they're going to know me by the horse laugh. By the loud, <laughs> yeah. loud, loud yeah. 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 Hello, I'm David. Hi, I'm Al. I'm not New Zealand. <laughs> so, I'm the, other, I'm I'm the other one. <laughs> yeah. So we don't have any video today, so the Australian is Al, the one who you may not recognise as David, unless you've watched the interview, and then Horse Laugh is Chris, and you know Johnny. Okay, great. here we go. So, as you may have seen from the Project Swall video, I spent most of December ill or in hospital, and self-discharged myself to do the exam. So during the paper, I was throwing up a couple of times, having a bit of a bit of a rubbish time. Uh, I'll talk more about that yeah, specifically in another podcast or in a video. But um, by the end of it, I was a pretty ruined, broken man. And I'd signed up for this 10 days in a monastery. Didn't really go to plan. I asked the doctors, am I still okay to go? They said, we didn't recommend it, but there's no medical reason why not now. So I went for it, and actually it was the best possible timing for it. I think uh, I'm very glad that I did. So, to give an overview of what this situation is, 10 days in a monastery, in silence, no eye contact, no speaking. Supposedly one meal a day, but it turned out we got three. And you're meditating from 4am until 9pm, well, every day. Similar experience to, to you two. When did you do yours up? I did a similar thing to you. I skipped Christmas and New Year's. And so that was coming into 2014 in Sri Lanka, in Kandy. That's the other thing, yeah, to mention then. So it was over 
Yeah, Christmas yeah. And New so it just didn't exist that year. Do you, do you normally celebrate it? Do you normally do something? No Christmas. Love it. Okay. Was that on purpose then? Was it? Uh, it was just like the only time to leave. Right. Okay. That's what I thought was so interesting when you said that you were going to go and do it over Christmas and New Year's scope. It was just such a Yousef solution <laughs> to, the, to the problem of availability that you had. You just saw the block between mid-December and the start of January as time, <laughs> as time off. And you're like, well, I've got this time off. Not right. Well, yeah, but why? Like, well, because it's the end of the... No, what, what happens? And it's like, oh, it's Christmas and Christmas and New Year just kind of didn't register. But I suppose that that means that you've got if you're not so fussed about it or if you're prepared to make the sacrifice then you can you can crack on that's a really good point because it's something that I convinced myself that I wouldn't be able to just take time off randomly throughout the year because of too many emails and stuff going on at least over Christmas especially between Christmas and New Year everyone seems to just shut down and yeah. you can't access well, anything I remember so. the conversations where you were like when, oh my God, when can I take like, when, will I, when will I get the least emails like oh hold on I don't do Christmas. Yep. Everyone else does Christmas. <laughs> Let's go stay in a monastery. Perfect. And I, I thought that that would mean that only like five people would be at the retreat. No, but plenty of people. Hate yeah, Christmas. 80 people. <laughs> were 80 at this, people? Yeah, oh 40 gosh, men, 40 women. Levels at Christmas. So, yeah, um, arrived on this day. Oh, by the way, so you may remember from the last two podcasts that we did, the Bitcoin and um, the... Iceland. Iceland, where we were doing it in odd conditions because we were waiting for a delivery, which was a meditation chair that sits upright that I was going to bring to the retreat. It did arrive. I managed to get it in time because there was a scare that it wouldn't arrive in time for me leaving. And so I brought it with me on the train, having gone to A&E that morning, still carried it with me in the waiting room and then on the train, <laughs> three legs of the journey, final leg of the journey, I left it. On <laughs> Worst forty pounds I ever spent, just to just to carry like because if, if anything this entire it was negative value from the start because it's just something that I'm carrying around and causing me inconvenience. What, to would, leave. what would you have had to have been paid for someone to say, "Will you carry this for these two legs of the Ten pounds. Will you wait so, in all day for yeah. a delivery twice oh, that never it. arrived? Then will you carry this? Yeah, so including the weight, twenty twenty five pounds. So. In total, this was a £65 loss made on this stupid little chair. Not to mention how much of it would have helped the retreat. I oh, imagine. it really would have. And this was all David's fault, because David told me <laughs> that I need to get a special chair. I didn't tell you to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a seat in A&E, please? <clears throat> Did I get a seat in A&E? Yeah. You I... sat on your little chair. Were <laughs> <laughs> you? On the floor? Yeah. 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 Oh, you bring <laughs> with me. <laughs> brought my own from home. I actually had it on my lap and I just slept on it like that. Because I was in, waiting in A&E for two hours and then I was like, no, I've got to go. Did I you just, really I sleep just... on the meditation seat in yeah, A&E? Yeah, but I bailed. Prior, I prior to this, we'd been to A&E and Yusuf had slept on the floor in A&E. Oh, wow. in case, fully grey. Yeah, so I've, <laughs> I've, I've spent a lot of time in hospital, not only as a student, but as a patient as well, over the last couple of months. I was flipping sick of that hospital. So the reason why I... And this, this all ties into the stuff that we're going to talk about, but the reason why I was in hospital on the day that I had to leave was um, that I've lost some function of my left leg ha, and look. sensation. So I can't extend my is leg it, properly. Is it back yet? Not really, no. no. So I, I thought, 
on Johnny's advice, don't be an idiot. Go to hospital and get it checked out. Didn't manage to get it checked out in time. Thought, well, I've got to go to this retreat. And then on the whole way down, you're thinking, this was such a stupid decision. Like, I'm just going to lose function of my leg now. So you sat there. And then the first three, four days of the, the whole thing, you sat wrought with anxiety about your leg. And I remember, especially because, as we're going to talk about, like, your mind starts to quieten and then all of the fears and anxieties that are just below the surface start to come up. And I was sat there planning out my life as a disabled person, um, thinking, like, I'm going to have to get my car adapted so the the brakes are on the steering wheel and um, how I'm going to, you know, change career path and propane fitness as a a guy with a leg that doesn't work. You're going to have to become, like... I was like, I'm going to have to just do loads of handstands or something. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know if you guys found this, but the, the whole situation from day one, you hand in your phone and there's silence and it's like suddenly you're in this incubation chamber. Well, I had a, you say you had a neurosis that was getting you that you gained on the way in. On the plane from Sydney, I was listening to a This American Life podcast about a chick who stressed herself out so much at uni that she gave herself schizophrenia. Whoa. And so on about day seven, which we'll get to, I guess, but that's the, that's the typically the tough day. I'll just assume no one's read the article, so I'll, I'll go over the same ground, but um, probably a safe assumption. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says smugly. There's a mosquito sort of noise set up. I felt like a meter behind my head. And I was like, convinced that I'd schizophrenia-rised myself because I'd stressed myself out quite a lot with work the previous year, I oh, guess. I've given myself tinnitus and it's just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like going... Because you're not allowed to speak, but if in an emergency you are. So I actually went... I, I did break the rule and um, asked the leader of the guy if there was a local um, like fly that lays eggs in your ear. As like, maybe it's the babies buzzing in my ear. I bet for 48 hours I was freaked out and I convinced myself that I'd broken my brain and I was going to listen to a mosquito for the rest of my life. There's something about the sound of a mosquito that even when it's gone after half an hour, you can still mm. feel it and you're yeah. smacking yourself. Did you have any moments of madness or feeling like you were... No. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. No. Um, I think if anything... Nothing I'm, like that. Nothing. I, I realised how insane I am normally yeah if anything yeah it's a it's a you plunged into the the most sane that you've ever been during that time and then you recognize how outside of that you're like when there's no awareness placed on everything else that you're doing that you're insane (laughs) (laughs) i was looking because another mate had done it before me and he had day seven he had hardcore porn day which every dirty video he'd ever watched in his whole life just played all day yeah you had something similar (laughs) yeah it was like day two (laughs) (laughs) I think that says a lot David (laughs) (laughs) it was yeah but I mean I I, that was like day so we were saying about you going in and you were sort of like shedding some of your more superficial like obvious worries that was like the first three days, wasn't it? Yeah, you were saying like just the most basic bitch worries that come yeah, up. Yeah, crayon worries. Yeah. Like, it's just like, yeah, I'm going to be disabled. Like, so, <laughs> my, obviously, the superficial bit of my brain is just like, just like stupid sex. <laughs> like, like nonsense sex. So, 
I don't know. So that, but that was just playing out like a stupid cassette that like I knew that I would just have to get through and like just like forget about and then. And then it, none of those, it just sort of like subsides. That every, yeah, I remember you saying every possible sexual thought you've ever had was just yeah, just coming up. And the, what, what David was saying about the basic bitch worries is like, if you, it's as if you're like a brain damaged version of Tarantino and you come, <laughs> up with, you come up with the most like blunt possible fears about everything. So I, on day three, I was like, right, my mum is the only person that has the number of this monastery. So she's died and then no one's no one's gonna be able to know where I am or, or contact the monastery Johnny will have eaten a peanut M&M um, <laughs> my girlfriend will have broken up with me and then everyone's died and I'm gonna, and the house has been robbed and I'm gonna come back and it'll just be absolute carnage and it's it's such a stupid thing but your mind jumps to the worst possible yeah outcome day three why don't you take us why don't, why don't you take us through your experience day yeah. by day Okay. Well, can I ask you a question first? Yeah. This probably applies to all of you. What what was the thought process or what was the motivation for thinking that sounds like a good idea? To do the whole thing. Yeah. I think that's a good question. That, like, to start. Everyone's probably sat here thinking, This sounds really extreme. Like they may be done like ten days or ten minutes with headspace or something like that. And the next thing is four AM or nine PM every day for ten days. So what what made you think I wanna go on that? That's a good question, because, yeah, otherwise we're just saying as if, like, oh, you know, so I decided to do this thing, <laughs> yeah. I decided to give up my Christmas and my New Year. <laughs> so you, you guys, really extreme thing. You guys have got similar things that perhaps on the surface don't resemble it. Like, you you, you pursue difficult objectives in your life, and mm-hmm. you, you want to see if you can do it. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit of, like, an ordealist mentality. It's just like, this sounds like a challenge. Is it something I could do? So there's a bit of that, I think. Okay. For, for me anyway. And it meditation yeah. specifically because it's something you tried beforehand or just no. the benefits from doing it? It just, it just sounded like we were, we always romanticised like a bit of time with ourselves like oh we're just going to go to the mm. countryside and be alone for a day and it's fucking torture. But like <laughs> so, <laughs> this is the worst like day of your life with yourself and then so because I, I started one when I was like quite young and, and did it for like three days and it was really shit. And I hated it. Mm. And then so when I finished that, I was like, oh, that was something really tough. Now I want to go and see if I can do that. I mean, that, that was like my kind of juvenile motivation to do it. But then there's also like something else. You know, a lot of people have felt benefit from it. I thought, hang on, maybe there's something in this to go. Just just go find out about it. So it wasn't like a, you'd be meditating a lot and it was the inevitable end point. It was yeah. just, I want to see if I can... I'd, I'd basically done nothing right. up, up to that point. Okay. But I remember you saying well, the thing that carried you through the second one was almost this yeah the, the pride of having not 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 bailing on the second one and being like right gonna yeah. see this one through yeah but then pride is so like like contrary to the kind of eat like the kind of spirit of it if you know what i mean because pride is some is not a good it's not good to propel yourself with a sort of negative kind of impulse you know what I mean pride and, and fear of failure aren't good things to propel yourself on so I was trying to work with that at the same time while being determined to not fail just apply the method to everything yeah even the thing that's propelling you into it yeah exactly that's exactly it was just quite a nice process if you think about it so like the thing that's getting me through is the thing that I also need to deconstruct and it's like a snake eating its tail through. yeah I yeah 
I find that it's, that's what's great about the method because it's so you can apply any perception to it, and we'll talk about the method. But it's it's like a safety catch on anything that comes into your mind because there's always a or a safety valve. Is that a thing? Safety catch. Safety catch. There's a safety catch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what? Such <laughs> things. Like thing. The valve is if there's too much pressure. Yeah. Five confused looks in this room, <laughs> and, and, I, and there's five people in the room, so I am one of the confused looks. Al, uh, uh, what was your um, motivation to do it? One thing that strikes me the way, because I know Yusuf a little bit, I haven't met you guys um, much, or I didn't meet you at the Christmas party, but um, uh, the way you talk about Yusuf is a little bit the way my mates talk about me, like you're a slightly higher, higher functioning version. But uh, sort of exist in a slightly different universe to the normies, um, and so the idea of skipping at Christmas wasn't that weird to me. Um, and well, I guess my main things were mm, I'd struggled with anxiety and depression since. Well, I had done it all my life, but my sisters sort of brought it to my attention when I was about 22. So the process of fixing that, um, you came in contact with these ideas, and it sounded interesting. And I'd had a pretty big blip that year in 2014 or 2013 and couldn't get out of bed for two days with depression. It took me six months to like learn how to smile again. Like it was, that's when I started running. Um, but it was, it was the end of that year and I just started feeling okay again. Um, my sister took me to see the Lame Is concert in Melbourne, which was a life changing experience. I can recommend Lame Is. Oh, see this so good. Went. Yeah. So good. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to, to cleanse mind and, body and just have a new challenge and um, that's what took me there yeah so I, I think as you su- you suggested Johnny um, it was the next logical step like I, I've been fortunate enough to have not had a, as kind of rocky a, rocky a, a few years as, as Al I had a rocky couple of months but that was that was just incidental it's more just that over the years I've accumulated according to my app <laughs> 350 hours of meditation and there's a really interesting chart that we're going to include in the show notes on propanefitness.com um, of this podcast, which shows the different things that you can expect from 100 hours of meditation, 500 hours, 1,000 hours, and 10,000 hours. Do you know how long I've been... So I sent you that chart, right? Yeah. you know how long I've been looking to find that again? <laughs> well, I've not been able to. It's in the iMessage thread. It's in our iMessage thread. That's, that's probably longer to to find. <laughs> yeah, you look through our iMessage thread. Yeah, we have an iMessage thread full of dick pics. That's <laughs> the only thing that we send each other. Just daily. First we have, we have to have updates. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> um, it changes, you've got to put it out. So yeah, it, it's interesting to see that there are, and, and this is supported by the research, that there are structural and functional changes in the brain at different number of hours of meditation. And I just thought this is a great way to boost that gain 70, 75 hours in, in a short period of time. And also I've been reading a book by a guy called Daniel Ingram called Mastering the Core Teachings of the Buddha. Lofty title, and he's an American emergency medicine physician that just decided to get enlightened, and he spent about 14 years doing quite intensive meditation, and he's, he's won at meditation, he's completed it. He says, if you have 365 hours to dedicate throughout a year to meditation... Rather than doing an hour a day, you're better off doing splitting it in half and front loading the first hundred and eighty or whatever hundred I can't even divide by two the first half <laughs> do that in January in bulk and then do thirty minutes a day for the remainder of the year. Does he explain why 
He says it's like pushing a rock up a hill. You get some initial momentum and then that it's kind of blast and cruise. And the same principle, I guess, applies to doing a training specialization program, doing something like Smolov, where, and it's this, the, very similar, actually, a lot, of anal- a lot of close analogies, where you do a big push, you make a big gain, and then you may lose some of that initial gain, but if you do some correct maintenance work afterwards, then you can hold on to some well, of that. Presuming, presuming that it's a compound effect to meditation, which I think that there must be, the more time that you can spend under the curve of a large amount of meditation time, the better. So ideally, you do the 360 hours in one day and then you go and do, do you know what I mean? Go and serious, then do more. Serious shit you talk yeah, about. No. But, um, do 360 hours of meditation in a day. Yeah. And then you'll be so then take, us, take us through what happened when you got there. Okay, so arrived, just pissed off and anxious because I'd left my flipping chair that I'd bought. Um, it was a really nice chair as well. I'm going to put a link to it in Amazon, so if anyone wants to buy one for themselves and lose it on a train, then they're welcome There's to one it. on a train. Why didn't oh, you? Yeah, someone's, someone's got one. You can go to yeah. Birmingham New Street Lost Property and pick mine up if you want. The train driver sat on it. Like, <laughs> driving <laughs> the pendolino. To... What was it? Just a, two pieces of wood. It was like it creates a seat on the floor, right? Yeah, but it has a latch system, so you can actually lean against the back. Oh, that's really fresh. good. Yeah. It? Lovely. And it was cushioned. It was, oh, oh, it was lovely. Because you got the expensive one, didn't you? I did. Oh, man. Yeah. So, it would have really helped as well. Like, it would have. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, arrived, pissed off and anxious, you hand in your phone, and then you go in for evening meal. What, what's the atmosphere like? It's like there's 80 people there. Yeah, people are still quite quiet, even though they haven't started the noble silence yet, which is where no one speaks and no one really makes eye contact. But go into the canteen and people are kind of gently chatting. I'm sat opposite this old Indian guy and I'm like hi how's it going he's like like is this your first retreat no okay have you been on some before he's like maybe 20 20 okay (laughs) I'm like right well how how does this compare to the Goenka retreats for example he's like you will come to know like, right, this is it. So you met, you met, you met the Buddha. Sage. <laughs> you just bumps into Buddha yeah. in, on day one. Sat down. <laughs> and I noticed this guy didn't budge at all throughout the next ten days. He just sat at the front in his posture, just completely. Of course, he'd be at the yeah. front, wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah. First row. He, he had a special dress. Wow. Dress. So you you sit at the front if you if you're right. a veteran, and you sit in the back if you're new. Why? And just to, I think you're not disturbing everyone. Is that not a bit like it's a hierarchy? Oh it's yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> and you get a special dress. So that was uh, that was like okay. And there's a couple of people who you just think like these guys are pretty serious. So there's some big dicks swinging around. Oh, he's he's done a lot of meditation. You can what, tell who the big dicks the dress? are. What you just get a dress automatically <laughs> to fit to fit the big dick underneath oh, see, see. this is why I'm so glad that we got these two on the podcast <laughs> to, to lighten, lighten the mood on quite a, a, a potentially Swinging serious topic well, maybe you sat on it killed it use it as a cushion so it's got like a ratchet system hasn't it when erect <laughs> oh god maybe that's why they all wear the skirts for the big dicks because they the, anyone who was clearly a big dick. You could tell in their face, and you could tell in the skirt. So, yep. do you think he was happy? Did he look happy? He he looked very peaceful. Did he look like he'd just completely lost all requirement for emotion at all? 
it detached from any kind of the ego had just gone out the window and been something. replaced with more dick <laughs> <laughs> just making more room for it <laughs> oh god so <laughs> I really I really wrestle with it because his dick no <laughs> I accept the dick the dick's fine right guys but I'm sorry but the rest of this podcast is only going to be about just going to be penis <laughs> so he's he's done a medi- he's done one retreat and he's thought that was good I'll do another one and then I'll do 18 more or however many he's done yeah like he's not cracked it has he well it's if he's, no, t- just, <laughs> if he's turning like, what are you trying to achieve like, <laughs> no but like you, you keep coming back so you, your life just becomes meditation retreat to meditation retreat and then it, are you reducing your life down to oh if I just meditate then I'm happy when I'm meditating and the rest mm-hmm. of my life's kind of a go between between meditation retreats do you see what I mean well that's presuming yeah. the life outside of that isn't improving but then yeah I think that's the key, actually, because it, it's an upgrade. It's a systemic up, upgrade for the rest of your life. Right. When you come back to it. It's. And you think it just keeps keeps going. What do you reckon? Like, so I read this book by Sri Nishagadatta. I think I bought it at the end of the of the retreat. I'm like, man, I'm into this. Give me all the books. Yeah. And it's it's Is there a gift shop at the end of the. the, kind of the yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um. I'm a person I can't not finish a book and I keep it in my it's, it's been in my good reads like currently reading the only book for the last five years because it's so dense you listen to these guys and I wrestle with the same idea like w- what is their experience of life mm. now because mm-hmm. it ha- like emotion doesn't come into it and it's hard to compute as a normie like I don't want that detached life but when you yeah. get there you're on a whole new level so yeah. it's impossible to sort of yeah when I was talking to, we were with another guy, Ben, who will be listening earlier, and he was saying that he really hopes that meditating doesn't make him lose motivation and lose drive and lose the sort of the emotions that he feels keep him going. Mm. Well, Tim Ferriss talks about that all the time. Yeah. But I think once you get there, you don't care. Like, you like, don't need them drive anymore. There is just this, so like me or Chris, like someone who's kind of like a bit less initiated than you guys and done anything like this. There is just this faith that like well I hope it'll help and I hope it doesn't make me feel really numb and shit and mm. to the point where I can't speak to you so for med- meditation retreat <laughs> I'm really joking but like you do just kind of hope like, I hope that all these hours are doing something I've seen that particular concern addressed in a uh, but annoyingly it's addressed by a monk in a book in a meditation right. book but he says oh no it wasn't a monk it was like a, a layman who just does a lot of it and he said some of the most vibrant driven motivated people I know are experienced meditators right. and it's it's maybe a miss or it's maybe a, a misconception that you become yeah numbed off and overly detached and kind of <clears throat> emotionless totally before going in I would, I would say i was pretty jaded and like quite cynical and i still am but less so <laughs> slightly less so i feel like i feel like there's a there's a little bit tiny more variety and in like interest in in the world now in, in meditation or just in general in, in the world in general right. so Sam Harris talks about this in his book Waking Up which is really really interesting and I would advise if, if someone wants to read a, a less full on more sort of layman's version of what meditation can be that's more secular version I suppose yeah, yeah. for sure for sure well it's called A Guide to Spirituality Without Religion it's as secular as you can get yeah um, and in that he talks about I've heard Sam Harris is quite secular it can be um, <laughs> in that he talks about people's people's concerns about destruction of the ego 
and he says that it's akin to destroying something that was never there that people's attachment to it is is that that's not the starting point the starting point is no ego and the attachment to the ego and all of the concerns that you have around that are just the ego trying to cling on to itself and i think that as meta as it is i think that there definitely seems to be an awful lot of truth in that that the mm. times when you when you come out of having done a good yoga session or a good meditation session and kind of i guess the equivalent of a pump having come out of the gym that initial period just after meditation where the mindfulness is kind of at its peak you know imagining you come out of the gym with a pump and you're like oh i wish i could look like this all the time mm. that sensation you get within the first sort of five or ten minutes before you have to talk to someone or pick your phone back up after a long session of meditating, I imagine, you know, gives you a little bit of a window into what it must be like if you were normally like that all the time. Uh, okay. You get that that mm. pump actually prolongs and deepens, as you can imagine, over ten days. Like it, it, It's Absolutely, like a yeah. rolling snowball. You're just doing curls all the time. Yeah, you're just doing so many curls with like occlusion straps and everything. You just, your guns get so turgid. Oh, what, what do you mean when you say like you, you fear that you won't care about doing things? So I don't think it's not it's not a fear necessarily. It's just that so if you do a bit of meditating, I think you get some experience from it. Like you feel a bit calmer, a bit clearer, but you don't get any of these like huge shifts that people talk about. Yeah. And to in that chart that you've got that you've mm. hidden from me for ages, you, there's a point. I think it's like three hundred or four hundred. They start saying you'll experience sort of huge shifts in the way that you feel. Mm. And between zero and four hundred, like there's not there's really a lot of faith that's yeah. required to. So it's just, you know, it's a lot of time. And it's as if someone's playing a big joke on you. It's like, all right, mate, go and sit on that cushion. Well, and just watch so your nose. That, for that the next thought time. does cross your mind. Like, imagine if it does nothing, then you're never going to get the time. And like, I know, like, what do you do with your time anyway? Probably nothing <laughs> critically important. But if it's all a big joke then I'm just sat here trying to do something and yes it's quite nice while it's happening but imagine if it is all bullshit yeah so I think maybe talk about the the changes that you experience subjectively and, and in the evidence um, yeah so I, I totally about, derailed it well, so we, we'll go we'll, back we to we maybe experience. talk about that yeah at, at the it's end like <laughs> but just to give you an idea of the format of the 10 days and I did mine under a slightly different lineage to David and Al mine was a guy called Sayagi Ubakin theirs was SN Goenka Asen Goenka trained under Ubakin, so like it's it's still the same kind of. So you got the boss. So yours is better. I, yeah. I got I got, I got the boss yeah. basically. Their their That's retreats more were more gross. like more hardcore. I think there was more meditation actually involved in the day to day. I've heard from the Asen Goenka ones that are like just back to back, like bashing out sessions and like five ten minute break in between. We it's only did hardcore. seven or eight hours a day, as opposed to, I don't know how much. Nothing hours with him. So, right the format. 10 days, the first five days are focused on developing the stability and focus of concentration by just watching the point at the end of your nose where you, where you breathe in and breathe out and the point where the breath passes your nostril. Not literally watching. No, just paying, yeah, attention. paying your attention to that Zoom. and zooming in your attention there so that your mind becomes laser focused and one pointed enough by the end of the five days, which are dull as hell, as you can imagine, um, to then apply that sharpened focus to the full body and the the fundamental theory behind this all I'm starting to get a blocked nose you can probably hear is that all sensation and all sensate experience is subject to three qualities anicca so impermanence dukkha which is suffering or unsatisfactoriness and anatta which is non-self or not 
no no self attached to it and that when you start to see these more and more clearly as an experiential thing then your mind instinctively detaches from suffering so by the the goal is five days you sharpen your awareness following five days you apply that to all sensate experience that's coming in that's being fed into your mind body interface and it, you've developed enough precision to start seeing like for example the sensation of your bum sitting on the chair is not really one gross sensation but it's a bunch of smaller sub sensations that are really composed if you zoom in even further of just individual vibrations and when you start to see that you see through the gaps and that's when you recognize unconsciously that they are all anything is subject to impermanence unsatisfactoriness and non-self so you've experienced this any sensation can be put through to this test and that's where the insights seem to come from it's not a conscious thing it's like a it's an unconscious recognition that you just repeatedly show your mind and it's strange because it's all done you know you all you're doing is sitting there feeling what's going on at a as, as precisely as you can and yet these very seemingly unrelated changes happen in your in your experience is that does that match what you guys yeah yeah so yeah i mean uh, every sensation you you feel then just sort of dissolves into these as we as I said in our podcast, into this kind of degrees or severities of, of, of vibration, if you like. Um, so that starts with sensation, and then it, it then then your emotions, your memories, also dissolve into that kind of just severity of, of vibration. All just different then, frequencies of yeah vibration. And it's it's nice now, like when you know I can I can say that that still exists. For me, where I'm at my better moments, there are times when like I get really pissed off and and like and that all goes out the window and I forget. But I can re- recall feeling that that feeling feeling that that to be true. So I can be calm, and then if I can feel, you know, now let's say when I'm talking, I might feel harsh. Oh, maybe this is boring, or like maybe I'm you know get stage fright, whatever. You should feel that as is a wave of emotion that then you can just dissolve quite easily if you see it's rather than getting sort of stuck in the pipeline somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So, what do you thought of? Yeah, similar. Um, the thing that I took away because I I went in super. Um, I've been meditating for a lot. Of, I did TM for about two or three years prior, but I was very skeptical of the more high level materialistic. So sort TM of, um, is like yeah. mantra meditation. Yeah. Yeah. So you say say a mantra over and over again, focus on the mantra. Yeah. Right. But I didn't really believe in the more spiritual side of things. But what it showed me was the, the mind-body connection stuff, how a negative emotion, the way they tell it is that any negative thought, because it had to be processed by the five physical senses in order to get into your brain, which makes logical sense to me, is also planted or located somewhere in your physical body. Um, and so... The thing that the skill that I've been able to carry on in or see in my better moments is to, if I'm feeling upset, angry, negative, or even happy, you can. Oh, I, I generally try not to dissolve my happy feelings. <laughs> I'm attached to my happiness. Um, you can sort of. Mine usually sits somewhere in my like chest or or stomach, yeah. and you can just sort of pause, look at it, and it 
it exists and sort of then just dissipates. That's really interesting. And so I've just had a thought on, on all of that. So you, th- those are the experiential, well, the, th- those are the experiences of Alan David and like slight, to a lesser extent mine as well. And what you were saying, Johnny, about how much should you take on faith until you realise that you're wasting your time. Hmm. The thing that I loved about the whole process is that there's no doctrine to absorb or to take on when you turn up. It's like, here are a series of hypotheses and you can test them for yourself over the next 10 days. You will recognise them to be your experience. It's very but confident. It is right? very confident of them, like, yeah. We're, we're right. We're but right. You go wait and see. You, you, and you go and find <laughs> out for yourself. <laughs> but the... You know, this is um, what I like. It's it's a very scientific approach, I suppose. It's like, Mm. well, you've come here, you're here for the next 10 days anyway, so you may as well do the method. And it's something that Sam Harris mentioned in that podcast that you recommended, Chris, which was that anyway, the the reflective sides of Christianity have been suppressed over over the last few centuries because they introduce a threat to the church system because it means that you as an individual can have an unmediated experience of the divine source without a priest or a pope or someone stepping in and mediating that for you. And so that threatened the whole thing because it means that actually anyone can find out for themselves if they just go internally. And so I think that's what I like about it. There's no, there's no doctrine. There's nothing that can really pull you in either way and it's just like if you just apply the method then that's what you get so you arrive and they give you this kind of intro speech yeah th- i mean that all that theory was kind of spread throughout the, right okay. throughout the 10 days so they give you so you have you have your tea with the indian man yeah and then do they give you instructions or is that then it's, it's bedtime yeah so we had the first couple of hours of meditation that night okay and then the next day that's training wheels so, so that, even before the first few hours, do they say this is what we're going to be doing, or do they just you just sit in a uh, in they, my head? No, no, they they explain. You sit yeah. in a vast hall. <laughs> yep. You're in a big hall. Big hall. In lines. With cushions in lines. With cushions. And okay. there's an instructor at cross, the side. Cross-legged. Were you allowed yeah. a wall? Yeah, I used the wall heavily. So much pain over the ten days. Back and knees were really really. Because we just we discussed this in advance. That sadly, I've actually had to cancel my retreat that I had to plan for three days' time due to work but I wanted to have a conditioning protocol written by Yusuf that was for the physical side because I was concerned am I lower traps going to be able to support having to uh, keep my spine erect for that amount of time uh, like my knees and my ankles and everything else like how, how am I actually going to be able to deal so with this so you know what's really funny about this and I'm glad you mentioned this because there was one other guy who was clearly a lifter and he was having a terrible time, all just struggling to sit up for a long time. And from what I've read of Stuart McGill, if you lift weights, you can cause a slow adaptation of the postural muscles in your spine to change from oxidative, slow-twitch, endurance-type fibres into fast-twitch, explosive ones, which is great for lifting, but it means that sitting up for a long time becomes really hard. So we've actually shot ourselves in the foot there. Yeah, so that was definitely a really hard part of the whole thing. So there's a cushion under your bum? Yeah, you can, you can you... have many cushions if you want. But if you have too many, knees hurt. If you have too few, back hurts. So Okay. What was the optimal? What was the optimal number? One under my bum, coat under my lower back to support a 
arch yeah and then leaning against the wall okay but I would switch quite a bit did you get looked at, did you get frowned upon for using the wall probably from the big dicks they'd be like did you <laughs> well obviously they didn't look at you did they so yeah the, the big you dicks just, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't know yeah Maybe they were silently disapproving of it. But, um, so you go in, you get told, you're going to look at your nose, think you about in, your nose. They go, right, step aside Netflix. The series that you're going to binge watch now is your big Arab nose for the next five it, Was days. it easy for you to watch the end of your nose? Because it is... It's so big. <laughs> because man looked like Captain Hook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've never told that story. Should, can we just... We can't interject. Uh, yes, we can. This has been the most just unstructured walkthrough of ten Right, okay. Um, yeah. if, you, if you've listened to any of the podcasts that we've done in um, my company's office before, you'll know that we are on all sides, on all sides, <laughs> surrounded. surrounded by Thai massage ladies who are doing Thai massage on customers during, the, uh, during some of the podcasts. And I got a message off one of them a little while ago saying... Christopher, your friend has come round to see you today. Slightly broken English over Facebook. I was like, right, okay, who is it? And she replied and said, man who looked like Captain Hook. <laughs> and I replied and said, Captain Hook, do you mean this man? And sent an image of the Disney illustration from about 1995 of Captain Hook. And Captain Hook, yes, that's him. <laughs> then I replied with a photo of Yusuf and asked, is it this man? And she confirmed, yes, that's him. So, man who looked like Captain Hook. <laughs> I am man who looked like Captain Hook. Did you actually? Yeah. Man so, who looked like Captain Hook. <laughs> oh my God. Johnny's just showing a photo oh, of Captain Hook. Uh, we'll have to include that in the show notes that can be the, 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 the title the of the man who looked like <laughs> we just call it man who looked like Captain Hook <laughs> mindful so, hook mindful hook mindful hook so the, there's a ser- there's a big roller coaster of emotions over the first few days the first two days you, you've given your phone away or the stimulation and layering of external stuff goes away and your mind starts to settle more and more you become a lot more quiet you, you notice that you'd be sitting there drinking a cup of tea and everything is so loud it's not because it's loud it's just because there's nothing going on in your head and so the only sounds are like the chinking of plates and the um, moving of your cup and all of the sensations are just there because the mind is quietened and I started crying a lot on the second and third days I asked the teacher what's going on he said it's just because how did you ask? Uh, <laughs> so you get a you get an interview with the teacher twice a day how so long? they'd, they'd call how you long? up Quite and they'd good. say like how's your meditation going any problems can you look them in the eyes while they're doing that? Yeah, you can. Right. You can talk to manage- management, so if there's like a management problem, you can't just be... What do management look like? So as David described the management in his place as well, really like saucer-eyed people. Um, like right. really kind of... Hyper-aware. Yeah. Is that not because you're just hyper-aware of them? Maybe. So they, they are experienced <laughs> meditators and they want to help you. Yeah, basically. <laughs> they they right. live there full-time. So... Yeah, and he said when the mind starts to settle, the emotions that are just below the surface start to bubble up, which is interesting. And that that did go away after so the you next were few days. Up, you were getting up at four a.m. Yeah, and we were in the depths of December, so you actually would have done it over the winter solstice, probably because that would be the twenty first, and you went on the twenty first, right? Yeah, and that's the shortest day of the year, right? The literally the darkest days <laughs> of the year, as dark as you can get in the UK, shortest amount of time. So you would have been up for four hours because me and Johnny were talking to each other. We'd be seeing each other or whatever while you were away. And we'd see each other and we'd go, 
You know what Scob's doing now? <laughs> meditating. <laughs> I wonder what Yusuf's up to. Uh, uh, yeah. Meditating. Meditating. <laughs> meditating. And then we saw each other on a morning once, and you're like, you know what he's done this morning? It's like 10 in the morning. He's already done like four hours of meditation. <laughs> so what's it, like, what's it like trying to get up at 4am and knowing that you then can't fall asleep again? It was actually... The first couple of days, I was falling asleep loads during the meditation sessions. You can Did anyone snore? Properly nodding. Yeah. Did they? Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I imagine a, a teacher with a cane going around uh, and like wrapping yeah. them on the back. In, in some of them, oh, look, I Captain Hook! No! no. <laughs> in some of them, they do that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, there was... Uh, by day four or five, your sleep requirement drops. And I was finding myself sleeping four hours a night and feeling fully refreshed, not mm. falling asleep during the meditation. I suppose because you're not doing anything during the day, so you, like, of course, you're going to be sleeping less. The noble silence. So, like, yeah, just to talk about these, this kind of wave of emotions. Once that passes, things do settle, and you just kind of submit to the process. And by that point, you're just like, okay, just going to sit and focus on my nose. And by by day five, you're absolutely sick of it. That's when they switch the method. You do the vipassana. I did find myself like just laughing at the stupidest things as well, like. When someone breaks the noble silence with their ass, um, <laughs> like in the in the toilets or something, or even in the in the meditation room, it's, ne- it's never not funny. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Despite that being the only sound you've heard from another human being for the last ten hours, like that's funny <laughs> for anyone, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Cracking out a fatty. <laughs> the, so that's like a Stuart Lee sketch, isn't it? Where he's saying, like, the, I think he was like in, in a pub with some, where there was like some kind of between like him and a Spanish race, there's like some potentially some bigotry, some hatred going on, and maybe some tension building. And then one of them, he, he just goes to the Orion, one of the Spaniards there, and one of them just cracks a fart, and he just turns around and it's just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it, instant fist bump. You knew know, it was going to be alright. <laughs> I read some research on, I'd like uh, research humour, like f- what's funny, why we have evolutionary have humour. And he came out with four findings after, like, he went to every culture on the planet in, like, 15 or 20 years. And there was, like, adults dressed as twins, people falling over. Uh, I can't remember the third one, but the fourth one was a swift fart delivered in silence. Yeah. So was, a wow. swift fart a swift delivered in silence. I think yeah. even a long one. It's very <laughs> prescriptive, isn't it? Every culture, even the Amazon. I, I think I'd struggle to find any fart not funny. There's a great fart that I'm going to include in the show notes as well. That's the perfect arpeggio of B flat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like I've heard it. It's I've great. He's played it for me before. The guy, like he, he said, he said, I recorded my fart, and then little did I know when, when, <laughs> when, when, when I slowed it down, I realised it was like it was the B flat major arpeggio. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how do you know? How do you know that he hasn't done a Kanye West and applied auto tune? Yeah, oh, he might have. Yeah, that's be a well, shame. While you while Yusuf was on the past and I was um I was down in some navy training in, in Plymouth. And um and you're there, you're thrown in a mess with like thirty other lads and they range ages range from like sixteen to, to thirty five, forty, whatever. As you can imagine in a mess it's just like everybody's it's just fucking non stop. Like lads just ripping into each other, whatever. Most of it like it's just fifteen year old lads just like fucking just joking around. Not very funny. The lights go out at night and then everyone's just fucking non-stop joking around and then I'm just like lads just want to go to sleep just want to go to sleep and then someone just cracks a fucking cracking fart <laughs> and I'm just like <laughs> 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 and I'm just 
just with them again, it's like cross generation. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, this is a good time to note that when you enter the 10 days, you have to take on the five moral precepts, which are no killing, stealing, lying, intoxicants, and abstinence. Now, as a, as a young male, as we all know, when you are abstinent for a certain amount of time, you end up with a nocturnal emission. What phrasing? And so... Can you use English now? So, uh, what, what's collo- colloquially known as a wet dream. <laughs> now, on, Wednesday, on the, the day seven... You get wet dreams so quickly. <laughs> ten I'd, days. I'd been abstinent for, yeah, ten days or so by day seven. Maybe more. Still, that's Mate. pretty quick. Fair yeah. enough. You just fill it really fast. These are balls, don't you? Anyway, so I'm, I'm sleeping in a room on the top bunk with two other guys. And 3am, uh, nocturnal emission... I like very quickly try uh, swing my legs around the bunk bed and try and vault myself down. Mid emission. Well, rather than using the stairs, the the step ladder, I just swing myself around, try and vault down, miscalculate, <laughs> double foot drop kick the French guy below me, <laughs> <laughs> who, who makes the most French noise when he gets <laughs> which then causes <laughs> Johnny's dying um, which then caused the other guy in the room to just sit bolt to watch <laughs> <laughs> you know what the funniest thing about the whole thing and it's not funny is that you couldn't use your left foot yeah <laughs> so, so, you, so I'm when, limping up really. so you you swung your feet, feet over the bunk like a limpy jizzy kicked guy one kicked guy one with a soft foot and a hard penis <laughs> and a hard penis <laughs> jizz stained boxes woke up with the guy what what the other guy must have thought <laughs> and, 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 like, and you, you can't communicate or explain what's happening and I was thinking like oh because you can't a, speak to them yeah, yeah. 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 So, so, so there's such a cascade of events from like Someone <laughs> e- ejaculates, followed by this absolute carnage in the winded, room. A winded, a winded Frenchman. A winded Frenchman. And, and like, and, and so I was like, right, I'm just going to go and have a shower. And I came back like half an hour later, and I just couldn't stop laughing for the next two days. Because I'm like, because, because I'm like all that's happened from this French guy's perspective is he's just been... <laughs> Drunk <laughs> kicked by a man who's mid ejaculation, and, and so I was just laughing, con- like absolutely hooting, like hysterically funny. Just every time I saw him, I was like, <laughs> just because he's had no explanation of this. And I, even when I left, I didn't even get to speak to him to to like explain. And also, those two guys would they'd come in the room in and out occasionally, and I'd be doing like Stu McGill rehab work and handstand press ups and that kind of thing. So they must have thought like. I'm living with like an insane version of Spider-Man, like a, a deranged, <laughs> deranged, yeah. Well, they didn't know about the, the jizz, but so just so that happens, legs vertically up, and then to one side. Yeah, and then I try and, and hop down. 
and then so there's a guy in overshot, the overshot so you, it and you she land, went underneath exactly yeah, you, land you went overshot on him it, oh, it shot the landing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's saving really his little pod. No, he's not. He just <laughs> scurvy attack. Um, so <laughs> it's a, why did you react so fast? Because I was like, it's time sensitive now. Before like my pajama trousers have to get washed and you know, hang on, how chilly it's instant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, Unless it takes not, like not, three or four not minutes. There's not, there's not a five second rule for come on. <laughs> well, but you're wearing, so you're wearing boxes and then. Pajama pants on top, so it's shielded. Mm. So you've got it's a lot of nocturnal clothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I do wear a lot of nocturnal clothing. So yeah. um, <laughs> I can't believe that <laughs> I can't believe that not fapping for seven days caused you to have a wet dream. I I don't know why. Yeah, I I, I guess like something about the environment or that sexy, <laughs> sexy environment. <laughs> you and two other men. <laughs> yeah, the, the dress. That's the least sexy environment I've ever been. <laughs> That's true. It's so, the fact that you can't, you couldn't talk to them. Yeah, it's could... so perfect about the whole thing. <laughs> but like, I felt like I was taunting him by constantly laughing whenever I saw his face. Drop kick you in your sleep. Like whenever I saw him, I would just crack up. Like I couldn't control. Do you know, just like the, the British side of you just override and you just like, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, no. I was just Nothing. complete silence. You can't even look at him. Walked either. out of the room. Like I'd woken them both up, and I was like, I'm just oh, gonna leave. God. But he he must have felt like I was a dick because I every time I saw him I was trying. Mm. <laughs> so was that a funny story? That was it. It was good. Was it, uh, Pretty funny story. story. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a nine and a half yeah. out of ten oh, scoby story. That on the plus side, <laughs> the, the food was incredible. The food was absolutely amazing. Like I don't know about you two. You, I remember you, well, you you said yours was good. Yours was it was good. Was it good in? Nepal as well. No, it was bullshit. In India, it was it was it was fully shit. It was right. it was like dal, um, like bad dal, like watery brown oh. stuff, rice and um, and like bean sprouts, like partially springing sprouts. I don't know how to say it. They're like yeah, but you know it was nutritious. It was edible. Fair enough. What food did you have that was so amazing? Because, you know, someone said that, like, their last one was just MSG, basically. Like, every day you get MSG and you feel really, like... uh, It's great gloop. Yeah, so, like, breakfast, for example. Breakfast was two vats of rice, lentil, chickpea stuff with soy sauce and a garlic, mango, chilli puree. And then there was several options for oats. Dairy-free, gluten-free for all of the fancy people and, then the, and every day you'd have stewed apple apricots prunes oh my god it's um, fancy going I mean mm-hmm. can I can I just go just away go for, for a food. night yeah uh, granola mixed nuts quince jelly with ten types of cheese truffles and then homemade mm, so that's just breakfast this is breakfast homemade uh, raspberry hazelnut and lemon roulades um, <laughs> wow. chocolate truffles See what I, I think would have been, what I think would have been the most difficult sound not to make throughout the whole thing would have been Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> mm. I, I think there was a bit of that. <laughs> so many like sauces. Yeah, just as you're perusing. Because you like to do, when you're looking at a buffet, you like to make the noise. Ooh. And then you are on it. No, I won't. I won't. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Yeah, Did you like, not want to just go and speak to someone about how good the food was? Th- there was a bit of like eye contact with people 
you come in the room and there's just this new array. It was different stuff every day, but it's all incredible and so much variety. And there'd be like a today, mate. Today, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> got tents and always over the over the Philadelphia. It's ridiculous. It's one part of Philadelphia <laughs> to forty hungry men, <laughs> and that was like the premium thing. That's insane. But that's we had really posh cheeses and ten types of bread and. I I get yeah. so antsy in there. That, that's why I observe it myself. It's just like constantly like next mission, next mission. Just like always trying to like mission around the place. And I just, someone was washing up slowly. But like, oh, for fuck's sake, like, can you get a move? Like, yeah, where am I going? Where am I going? Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where am I going? Where am I going? Literally have all the time <laughs> yeah. in the world. And I just like oh, for fuck's sake. And when I get there, I'd make a point about like, cleaning up really quick. Yeah, and smoke. I'm like such a little dickhead. I'm such a little dickhead. <laughs> and then, yeah, then, then like, so true. But with the Philadelphia, that was like the alpha kind of yeah. irritation bit. Oh, like, that fucker taking all the Philadelphia again. Did you just scoop off it out? No one could say anything to you. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. Literally. You just thought, <laughs> But yeah, it probably would have, it probably would have been good if the food was good. It would have been less. Yeah, uh, it was a big. Less aggression. That was the only enjoyment I had because it was rainy season. The whole the little cells were mouldy. There was leaves everywhere. Oh, oh it was my! Like, it, was, it was like an unseasonally long monsoon. It was pretty awful conditions, and it was it was meant to be hot, but it wasn't. And so, like, just eating some decent curry was like the one. Hello, Johnny here. Just a short interruption to this episode. I know what you're thinking. This show was brought to you by. None of that, trust me. We have something completely free, something to give you today. So we're aware that you guys who've been listening to our podcast, you've heard before us talk about the show notes and other places to go to download things from propanefitness.com. But we want to give those of you who listen to our podcast something completely different, something completely unique that we don't provide anywhere else. So we want to give you something that is actually a membership area or a membership portal where we have loads of free goodies, some downloads, some things to watch, some trainings, and some free presentations that we want to give you all bundled together completely free. All you have to do is go to propanefitness.com forward slash gift. There's no email opt-in. There's no enter your email and receive this. It's completely obligation free. You just enter your email, enter your username rather, and your password, and then you'll be sent login details. So completely free. In there, we have some training on the 3i formula. That's the framework that we use with all of our coaching students and loads of other free goodies. So that's propanefitness.com forward slash gift. Head over there now, pick up your free training, and we hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode, and we'll speak soon. Do you think all Sorry. of that negativity was conducive to, like, fueling your practice, or do you think just being comfortable would have been just as good? Uh, it definitely added weight. Yeah, it's got to be way tougher if you actually got mosquitoes landing on you, and then yeah. it said... Me just be like, oh, is that a genuine itch I felt in my head? Like, and <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll learn to be like okay with that. <laughs> yeah. You've actually got mosquitoes landing on your face. And trying you, to leech shit yeah. and stuff. Trying to remove a leech wet. and obey the precept of no killing is that uh, was the hardest thing I had to endure. Like, <laughs> fuck off, me gentle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go forth, enjoy my blood. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> yeah. I love you. So you've got to, you've started doing your meditation. Like, I think you were always very humble about your mindfulness practice. And, you know, it's it's all relative, I suppose, from us to Sam Harris or Daniel Ingram or, yeah. you know, whoever, whoever it is that we're sort of nothing but them from mine and Johnny's perspective. 
who I think are probably in the region of about to top maybe 100 hours at some point, probably this year, definitely this year. Mm -hmm. We will do it this year. Yeah. To you, who is nearly at 500, uh, the difference between our meditation experience and yours is actually quite profound. And that was before you went away on your meditation retreat. So your insight into meditation and into mindfulness always impresses me already. So were there any surprises in terms of your practice? Because you knew what to expect, right? You've cracked yeah, out half an hour, an hour sessions fairly regularly. You knew you've cried before during meditation. You've done. You've felt these emotions come through. So what was different about this time? Yeah, I see. It solidified the fact that the that emotions and past experiences are stored in the body. I think like feeling that more and more experientially and being like, okay, it, there is definitely stuff going on here. What like? Show me. Give me an example. So, I didn't experience specific sensations that related to an emotion or related to a story some people said that they did and there was a guy for example went and asked the teacher when i went through something in my right shoulder i felt something very strongly a strong sadness about some grief that i had two years ago is is this am i on the right track and he was like look all sensations are meaningless don't try and find meaning in them like they are related to the experiences that you've laid on over the years but you cannot know and you probably will not find out you're you you don't and you can't know what they relate to just keep applying the process keep working with it it's all just meaningless sensation just it doesn't matter like just keep doing it and i think if you just keep applying the method you do find that the the thing that i found difficult to wrestle with is that i always want to find a reason i always want to quantify or latch on to a specific outcome like, oh, this has done this for me or like that's the, that's the bodybuilder in you talking though, right? Yeah, exactly. Wanting to find meaning in it or like attribute a certain gain to a certain bit of practice or whatever. And actually, the recognition of anicca, of impermanence, happens on a unconscious basis. And it just, it's just like you, you set the process going. Things, it's like digestion. You eat the food, your digestion kicks in. And you can't really know much about what's going on, but you produce a wonderful poo at the end and, <laughs> and you feel... Better with yeah, the food. Yeah. yeah, so I think being able to relinquish that, trust the process, and know that there is a much deeper intelligence behind your consciousness and your body, pretty difficult to to do. What do you think? I'm just going to concur. Yeah, no, nothing to add. That was another thing. I was impressed with the the general number of noises that bodies make when they're all in a room together. Yeah. Well, there's eighty people in a room. So many people blow their nose. But all that you need, all that you need, is for every person. You just need to do something once per hour. And then, and you've got a noise a minute. That's true. That's mm. very true. It was always the same offenders. Was it? And was it that? Was it that Indian guy in the dress? <laughs> he was just dead silent. Was Still, he? Yeah, he was a monster. Oh, but man. you'd get. Um, was there anyone with a bigger dick than him? Yeah, there was a few. Bigger than him. They all had the dresses and sat at the front, just. Oh, and they man. they were super stern. Like you, you'd walk past them, and you'd try and like be like, you wouldn't get anything out of them. So, <laughs> the, when they give the instruction. Something that was cracking me up was like, they he'd be like, okay, apply your attention to the tip of your nostril, normal breath, natural breath, easy breath, begin. And there'd be someone going like, <laughs> I'd be like, like what? What are you doing? Like the the guy going to maintain that from? Yeah. <laughs> like that's not your normal breath. Like you were you were sat there silently until he said that, and now yeah. you just. There's always someone you sit next to, like in like, oh, man. Or, transport or <laughs> cinema, that just makes noise by existing. 
Yeah. I always think that's weird. But why? Yeah. Why is it always you? Why is it? What? Yeah. I think what's what's because I think all of us here have meditated before. You three, especially Chris and I, as you say, probably about a hundred hours. So it's someone who's done nothing, or like a you, few you've got a fair bit of meditation under your belt. No, I mean, I mean, someone who's listening now, ah. who's done nothing, it's trying to get across to them. Takeaway point because when I mean, you're sort of talking, it's like saying you know you know talking about the finer points of a of a training program when you've never been in the gym before. How do you convince I think, someone? I, th- I think the main problem is that we, we and we've said this before on the podcast that someone can go away and go on a bodybuilding push pull leg split for six months and come back and they've gained five kilos of muscle and they physically look different. Everything is naturally subjective because it's just storytelling. I feel better. I'm less attached. Mm. I can deal with anxiety more. I can deal with depression more. I can deal with whatever it might be. And I think that inherently it's, it's so ephemeral and very it's internal, right? Mm. Like it's difficult. It's like saying my range of motion's improved without showing your range of motion. <laughs> Like, yeah. but, how do you know? But you know, if someone, uh, if we can't drill it down here, um, Sam Harris's most recent podcast that he's done is with the uh, one of the premier uh, neuroscientists that's looked into the effect of meditation on the brain. And yeah, that's the one, great one. That was the one you recommended me yeah. to. And they've got, yeah, and like the science of meditation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, so I've linked you something that I haven't listened to. I do this a lot. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. And he talks about the two ends of state versus trait changes yeah. in meditation and so there are altered states that you can achieve but really they're very trans- transient and beautiful to experience but actually they don't have much meaning in your in terms of carryover the trait changes are the fundamental changes in your character in the way that you even perceive the world the speed at which you perceive the world the way you process emotion all of that stuff that is the effect of the long-term work of meditation and that's where the good stuff really happens. So which was more obvious to all of you? Trait like for a, me. Trait, so afterwards. Yeah, no, I, no. I didn't get really any altered states while okay. I was there, but I think you did, Al. Yeah, I had that one big moment. I had two awful days with a mosquito. It was like super loud and I was incredibly anxious. And then there was like a thunderclap moment and it was a beautiful moment because all that rain stopped. Birdsong was like floating into the hole. There was monkeys playing on the roof which are very magical to Australians. And there's like four or five things that have really been stressing me out in my life that I hadn't even really articulated in my own mind. The answers came to me in an instant and all my body awareness disappeared. So all the gains I'd made disappeared. Um, So I had a big state, I guess, altered state moment, which was the thing that really allowed me to drop my scepticism about the the mind-body connection, the sort of spiritual side of it. Um, but I also found those few days after my retreat, the, the, the last, uh, it, it attenuated quickly, but I was on holiday, so I maintained my practice, but I've never been so clear, so without filter, but still the best version of yourself. So, yeah, that was, that was my favorite bit of the whole thing. And do you feel like there's things have carried on to now? From yeah, the, certain skills, yeah. like I was saying with the, um, things like the ability to detach from my thoughts mm. with the marathoning is endlessly useful. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think what's so interesting about having the state mentality change is that you can always be self-referential about the memory. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Even if the situation and the emotions of that situation have now passed because they're impermanent, you can recall it. And as you recall it, you get the feeling. Cool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Like, in, you know, it's, it reminds you, I can do this, that this is something that I can achieve, so on and so forth. Yeah. So, you know, the, the state becomes a trait. How about you, David? What did you, what, what did you, it sounds like your experience was, I don't know, like the first time that you went, you'd stopped partway through, right? Yeah. Um, and then did you find the second time, did you just have a little bit more willpower or what was it? A bit more willpower, a bit less naive about what it would be, a little bit less romantic about what it'd be as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your, I think what you said is similar to how I did approach up until a month ago when I had to cancel my thing which was that I was seeing it more as a challenge yeah. it was more of an Everest that I wanted to conquer yeah. and I had less of a I guess a justified deep reason for an inquiry that I want to make into my own spiritual being and so yeah. on and so forth find out about my mind it was more I know this is going to be really really difficult and it touches on something that I want to try and improve in yeah. the same way as I want to achieve a 200 kilo deadlift I want to be able to run a marathon I want to be able to do whatever yeah like it's just within an area, isn't it? Mm. I don't think the a bad thing. No, to, no, no. To, to want to do it as an Everest, so. and I, I, I think it may have propelled you through the whole thing. Obviously, it would be hard, but I think I think once you get there, I think everything will change. I think so. Some, a tip from David was like, go somewhere that's so far away that actually it's more of a ball ache to escape than it is to <laughs> just stay there. Oh, it's more than it. going going and doing a retreat that's Inherently. twenty minutes away from home. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I think I definitely might, well, I might have quit had I not been in, like, the Arsene Sri Lanka. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, that's true. It was no option. I think day three or four, I was like, if I wasn't bursting at the seams to go, I would have probably quit as well. So, yeah, it's... Uh, if you weren't bursting at the seams to go. If I weren't, if I wasn't so um, excited to, to be there and glad to be out of hospital and just really wanted to uh-huh. to turn up. Okay. Did you have any? Did you, was that the most have, difficult moment that you had then, day four or five? Probably. I. I mean, it, none of it was wrenchingly terrible. It was, a, but it is hard work, and it's. Um, what would you say to someone who's on the fence and if they're listening to this thinking? I'd say if you're on the fence, don't go. Um, if you are called to do it, then would you encourage people? Do you think actively to go? No, I probably agree with you. <laughs> Why? Why would you not go? Because you think you're going to quit. Because. Yeah. Partly, and also you're asking someone to open a Pandora's box that if they're kind of like not really sure whether they want to open that. Um, I don't think it's dangerous. I don't think it's going to destabilise you psychologically, but I think if someone's... There's Sam on his podcast a couple of times has hinted at the dangers of, or what he feels to be some of the dangers of silent meditation retreats. And he's pretty mm-hmm. forthcoming about them. He hasn't actually expanded on them. He's just said it a couple of times. Oh, really? And I'm waiting for him to tell the story, which is really annoying. I'm sure he'll have said it somewhere. But I haven't tracked it down yet. But he's like quite virulent about saying like these things can. He puts them in. He puts silent meditation retreats in the same category as psychedelic drugs. Yeah, it's a powerful process, and it's not. It's not a. I think people, the layman, sees meditation as a relaxation method, and it's not designed as that. It's designed as a way to see through the illusion of reality, and that's not a something that if you just kind of stumble onto, it's not something that you're gonna be. The thing is, it's not a whip. You don't. It's not like a wish list that you go in with that like I want to get A, B, C out of it and we're saying that we're all dealists so maybe your motivation for doing it isn't perhaps the purest motivation but whatever the fuck gets you through yeah. like whatever because at the end of the day what you expect you're going to get out of it probably isn't going to be what you thought you were going to get out of it anyway so oh definitely like so I went in maybe I was just like oh it's like the an Everest of the mind like you like mm-hmm. said mm-hmm. but then um, 
actually one of the things that I'm finding out was that actually a lot of my kind of motivations are, are really quite perverse or corrupt or whatever. They're not like the purest volitions to do something. And that was something I had anticipated. So it doesn't matter how much I kind of thought about it and thought what I was going to of it. It just, it just wasn't Yeah, that. I totally agree. Like you, you come in and you've got this little Santa's wish list. Yeah. I'm going to get over this. I'm going to forget about this. Yeah. I'm going to feel great about this. I'm going to be happier. And it's it's not that. Yeah. So took that away like day one. And then, yeah. Um, so how's your practice changed now that you're back? Have you practiced much since finishing? Yeah, I have. I've, I've been in a chaotic routine since I've got back. It's only been a week. But the practice has been the same, 30 minutes a day. I think I, I would like to increase that. I think it has deepened things more. Concentration is better. I'd like to prove that with the numbers and do a muse, uh, muse test and mm-hmm. see what my percentage is now. Um, I remember Al saying like you. You said your practice deepened hugely since since you like you can you said you can go back to that place. I can access something like that. Like you were saying, you internalize the skill. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I find Did that interesting. I wonder whether that's because you anchored yourself in a you had a state change while you were there, or a shift. Like I. I, I feel like there was no peak moments for me. It was just the grind. Do you meditate more now that you've been? Or... Oh, I hardly meditated since that retreat, actually. I've only just restarted my practice after so, talking this, to you. I think this is the, the thing that interests me the most. Yeah, so we've got both, both ends of the spectrum here. I'm going to do another one. You're going to do another retreat? Yeah. But you don't meditate on a daily basis? No. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it to you before. I'm going to... I never went into the first one with the aim of establishing a regular practice and I think that because I've given myself that get out, I'm just happily taking it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna set myself the next the next step, which is okay, I know the benefits. Now ideally try and get those benefits daily. So I'm gonna go in next one, establish a daily practice. I, and so while you were away, I think it was well well, Scope was away. We had the chat of would you like Johnny Johnny wants to try and achieve no, 365 hours this year right 400 400, 400 hours this year yeah, yeah. Nice. so you want to try and you but want... it's the same thing so it's like it's the average thing hit 400 this year or reach reach your do 400 this year right do 400 achieve yeah. so an hour an hour a day with a couple of biggies in there mm-hmm. and like I said give me the 10 day like if I need to achieve 100 hours give me the 10 day meditation yeah. retreat ahead of trying to do 100 days on the balance see, you see it's funny because I, I look at them and I'm like no brainer the daily practice like I think absolutely not even lo- loading those because then you're going to be like oh actually this is how I need to feel or all I mm-hmm. need to do now is just sustain it I just think I don't know I, I, it, maybe that's just the way that we approach approach things for me <laughs> I would get so much wrong there's so much that can go wrong in a hundred days you just batch yeah, process but, it and be like yeah, right yeah, I've got it it's, done it's, it's done now <laughs> so something that Al said after his retreat and I was like damn it because it just bashes away your um, excuses is that they said we recommend that you do two hours a day of home practice after the retreat. And it's fine because you sleep an hour less and you're an hour more productive mm-hmm. if you do it. Is that like, the justification? Yeah, and you're like, oh, bollocks. Well, like now so I've got no... It's hard to argue with it, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and, impossible. And I, I think that's very true. But yeah, mm-hmm. I still don't find myself doing two hours a day. They only they told us only 30 minutes. They said like, 30 minutes, we realise you guys are busy. 30 minutes a day is enough to stay in shape. It really does sound like you've had the most lovely... Lovely, <laughs> gentle yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're saying, oh, two hours will sustain this. And we go, okay, I trust you. Mm. And they say to you, 30 minutes will sustain well, it. Like, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's just how, if you feel... So what's like, is done. the hour 
of a certain quality or is it so I think quality is very important yeah. well, I think what? based on based on everything that I've read and my experience as well the gains that you receive are exponential from your periods of meditating I'm sure that they will drop off after a while but mm-hmm. it's definitely not within half an hour yeah. like the first the first five to ten minutes and sometimes if you're having a bad one like the first 20 minutes oh, of meditation exactly. is just monkey brain and you're getting distracted and you're not you've got the itch and you're shifting <clears> and you this that and the other and then you think, well, for a lot of people's meditation practices, like if you're using Headspace, you can't get longer than twenty minute meditation unless mm. you do oh. the un- unless you do the unguided one. At which point you just sit meditating anyway. So yeah. why pay for an app? You're absolutely so, yeah. I think that's totally right. And you know, if you do a session, that if you do a two hour session, and then you draw a graph of what's happening in those two hours, you'll have maybe twenty minute stretches during that where it's it's deep, and then stretches where you're just absolutely you're just the, like first, thinking about the first portion is always the same and the first portion whether it's two minutes or 20 minutes is always you settling in yeah and i think that that is one of the advantages of doing these big blocks and yeah i definitely feel like it sounds like you've opened a door out like that you've you've like pushed the ceiling on what you know the all-time high the trading analogy of the all-time high has now been raised of what you know that you can get to and the same thing is you know that you can pick up Johnny. You know that you can pick up three hundred and ten kilos. You know that 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 weight can come off the floor because you've done it. Yeah. You yeah. The situation is different, and it's this yeah. and it's that, and my weight and all the rest of the things. Mm-hmm. But you know that your body can do that, and I think that there's definitely got to be some sort of similar solution when it comes to meditating. That I know the state that I can reach, and that's the same way that you can walk around now, day to day, outside of the gym when you don't have three hundred and ten kilos in front of you. With the knowledge that you can pick up three hundred and ten kilos, it's interesting though because I think probably the way that I look at it is anchored by how I got to pulling three ten, which was not some like one off huge experience mm-hmm. happening infrequently. It was just ten years. But the the consistency that the pinnacle that pinnacle of your performance mm-hmm. raised the ceiling on what you on everything that you define that performance to be perceived as possible. Because up until then, the ceiling was three or two. Got it. Yeah, so then the ceiling was three or five. Then the ceiling was three ten, and look at what happened. You lifted three or five and three ten in the same day. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You keep you push the ceiling, and then you've shown ah, actually, actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I think self-referentially, but again with this, is that attachment to the ego? Is it the fact? Look at look at what I've done in terms of my ability to now meditate. I was able to get there now, like and it must be very difficult to not let yourself get carried with your own sort of grandiose ideas about they, where you could have got to and what that did uh, mean. And yeah, they, I'm so fucking enlightened. They have, it's called the 10 imperfections and it's like either states of illumination, um, states of pride, states of even like they say, if you start to develop the, the perception of having what are the, you know, extrasensory perception and, and special powers and all that stuff, like the perception of that, that all of these things are just, further distractions and if you just keep applying the method just keep treating them as meaningless sensation and don't yeah. get sucked into them and don't get sucked into the pride of like oh I'm I'm a big dick and all of those things are just little distractions along the way then you you go further and further into getting rid of more suffering and they talk about people getting stuck at plateaus because they get drawn into like they have these you know firework visual states or whatever and they think ah that's it I'm enlightened now so yeah it's interesting just something that's come to mind because you, you asked a moment ago what was the insight? What was the big insight that I, that I got or what, what did I learn from it? There was nothing crazy and new but it did reinforce the mind-body connection. The idea that we are vessels of 
stored emotion and experience that just layers on top with so all the social conditioning and emotions that we've experienced in it so far and we're a storage unit walking around with all that stuff either adding to it or taking it away depending on what we're doing and that if you let the mind settle and quieten something will come up the first thing that's in the queue like a tissue box that's the most relevant thing for you to be processing right now and as they say like god is at your feet like it's the first the first thing that is trying to be presented to you will keep coming up and it's like uh like in jeremy kyle where someone will break up with their girlfriend or they'll cheat on their girlfriend with someone who looks exactly the same and that and that or that situation keeps repeating itself in their life and that's just a a pattern that keeps coming up until it's processed until it's released and the thing which allows you to process all of that is any practice that integrates mind body and awareness and so there are practices that are focused around that in different quantities and relative amounts so meditation is much more focused on mind and awareness less so on body yoga combines all three in relative equal proportion things like stretch therapy or michael michael brown pranayama romwad so any of those things you know if you can apply all three to it then they will allow you to again to just allow this internal intelligence to take care of itself and to just do the processing and so stretching if that's something that if you're listening and you're thinking what what can i do in terms of like a home practice that involves my body more because i feel like my mind doesn't run away with me more stretching but bring awareness to it and that, that's the key if you don't have all three components in some form then you're just doing mindless stretching so what programs or regimes can you recommend that would meet that i would recommend a just go to a yoga class if you can if there's one nearby i think that's the best way to just relinquish i think yeah i think no matter what stories you have in your head about yoga (laughs) what it might be like i think trying a class that certainly Mm, definitely it was different than anything i expected certainly that's interesting what what did you expect and what did it turn out to be i expected i expected difficult but not in the not as difficult as it was um, so it was harder yes I think we were very <laughs> I think we were very fortunate that we chose one um, we chose to do forest yoga which mm-hmm. is a slow mind it's slow mindful stretching basically you're looking at sometimes like upwards of 20 to 30 seconds in some poses and a lot mm-hmm. of it is about releasing and relaxing into the, in, in yeah. the poses we chose one that was really appropriate and we mm-hmm. had a great teacher who I mean, was fantastic. on the podcast yeah. Robin Ramage if you haven't heard that definitely go back and check it out but just lots of like stability demand you're very much doing yoga while you're doing yoga. Like you leave thinking, I haven't thought about anything other than exactly what I was doing. Your awareness is exactly is just precisely what you're doing. And then you've integrated body and breath at the same time. Yeah. But then by the same token, are you thinking about when you squat with 240 kilos on your back, are you thinking about anything other than the 200 kilos that are on your back? I know what you mean, but it is different. It is because as soon as the 240 kilos is on your back, actually you're thinking a lot about cues cues am i going to fail it if i fail it what's going to happen like how many reps am i doing like you are present but it's not in the same you don't come out of the gym and go where where have i been whereas you do you do with yoga yeah i think and it's also as yusuf says like in integration of a lot of things Mm -hmm. which you get i think you get if you do have like a what i would consider to be what feels like a successful meditation session where you aren't just sat thinking about your to-do list for the day it's a distinction I like to make because a lot of friends have asked me about meditation and things like this and what people will often say yeah but I run like that's my meditation yeah but no 
Meditation is the only thing that's meditation. Mm-hmm. Mm, I well, I guess there is other practices that are deeply, like you're saying. But when but people say, yeah, I run, that's my meditation, it's like... They mean a release. If, like, if you're listening to Miley Cyrus and you're running and thinking about stuff, like, you, you've got one aspect of it, but you, if you haven't got the triad or... I mean, that, that's my little half-spun theory. I'm sure there's other ways to... I, I think what a lot of people do when they run or any exercises is escape somehow from what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, literally you know, running. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but if you're, if you're running, like unless you're running and like focusing on exactly the pain of running and what it feels like. Which I imagine and, very few people do. Because well, it's cause awful. Well, they're trying <laughs> to do the, they're, most people would try and do the opposite, wouldn't they? Mm. Yeah. They would try and Associators and disassociators. 60-40 split apparently. Really? Associators and disassociators. People that focus on the pain typically make better ultra runners for obvious reasons. Yeah. And people listen to music to avoid the pain. Whenever I see someone running without headphones, I always think, you are a juggernaut of a person. I'm not going to fight you. Like, especially <laughs> if it's like raining and cold oh, and they're like best. wearing a, a thin vest, tiny shorts, no it's headphones. Yeah. And it's like... It's an interesting observation. In uh, the, the, the Ultimate Race on Earth book, in that one of the ultra marathon guys describes about going into the pain and breaking it apart in very sort of spiritual, like if he can feel a pain in his knee, delves into it and finds the epicenter of the pain and he breaks it open and finds out what it's about and then it dissipates and so on and Absolutely so forth. So, you know, there is, there are people who can make anything mindful. You can make walking, like shopping probably mindful if you were mm. so inclined, but you're right. There's, there's certain activities that lean you towards one way or the other. So if, if you were to try and draw some conclusions about how you're going to change your practice moving forward now, have you got any? I think longer sessions. Thirty yeah. minutes feels like nothing now. Like yeah. thirty minutes is it's totally fine. desensitized. Yeah, it, the the challenge is finding the finding the time in your schedule. Like this morning, went in to have a thirty minute session. Realized I was late to go in, and you're like, right, I've got to cut that to twenty minutes. And then you think, well, I think you have to you have to absolutely create the time. Don't yeah, you? you really. Yeah, and it's because it's, you know even like if if you're trying to get it in the morning, I would suggest do it as the first thing because my morning today. Woke up, went to the gym, but got caught up chatting to someone in the gym, and that's that extra ten minutes in the gym means ten mm. minutes less meditation. You're like, oh. so it's funny. So as Chris was saying, like I'm, I'm trying to do an hour a day, split in two two thirty minute sessions. So I haven't done my second session yet, and as things happen, so I was in the gym, bumped into people that you know, bumped into people while I was working that we, we were speaking to, and you just everything is chipping off that last because the last thing I'll do before I go to bed. And it gets eaten and eaten and eaten. And then at some point, you go to bed later, which means you wake up later, which means the morning session's harder. Mm-hmm. But then you just think, well, wait. Is this, it right, can't be that hard to do. You know, like, <laughs> do, you to, do you want to go through the routine thing, or should we save that? For, I think we can probably save that for another one, that little insight that we yeah, have into our routine. Yeah. We've got, at some point soon, listeners, we will have a, a, a really good conversation about, about routine. And I think this ties in with it, so we'll touch on it really, really quickly here. I. I'm of the opinion that for some people meditating first thing in the morning as part of your morning routine and meditating last thing on night is not very good. And the reason for that being that the stress and anxiety that comes with knowing it needs to, needs to happen. Like if you miss, if you're supposed to meditate twice a day and you miss your morning session, you're going to have anxiety. You've chalked up a fail in your books. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know that you've got, I'm going to have to carve out two half hours throughout the rest of the day as opposed to going, right, okay, let's say that you've got a section of your day like your lunch break, mm. which is prescribed. Like what we're talking about here is I have to lose sleep. My body needs sleep. If you've got 45 minute lunch break, you can finish your food in 15 minutes and you find yourself somewhere. Go sit I used to do that in Blackrock. I, um, I, used to, I used to not eat during the day. I would just fast until the evening. And 
go to the disabled toilet and sit on that and meditate for 45 minutes instead of having my lunch, instead of going out. You still uh, could have probably eaten, couldn't you? Probably, yeah. Al's nodding. I imagine you've, you've done something similar. Yeah, when I was really committed, but I stopped meditating in public toilets because it was too awful. Too I awful. couldn't focus just being in a stinky public toilet. Yeah. yeah. You've got to go on like this sixth floor and just find somewhere that's always touched. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a... I, I don't... I, I, we've just talked about this before, but the way I look at it is like, guy wrote the book called The Compound Effect. Mm-hmm. Talks about how start and end of your day, if you're latching something on, if you're trying to do something, it's like in Yusuf's case, he'd ideally meditate two hours a day, I imagine. Is that ideally, a number? yeah. Is there, is there a number you'd think, like, oh, that would be nice? I mean, the higher the better. Just something more, as a, as really? Ideal. Well, 12 but, hours? But, well, that, that's the thing. Like, when you say 12 hours, that, that starts to eat into your ability to... Oh, I see. So, so as much as possible without yeah. in, in preventing you from being The thing is, I know that I waste two hours a day, so... So that's that's the thought that, that always counters my, like, oh, I can't, <laughs> is that if... So I think what I what I think I would get out of a meditation retreat, just from my perspective now, is is it something that is worth going all in on? Or is not? it worth a ten day investment, basically? No, no. Is like, is it worth waking up an hour earlier to meditate? Like, is the is the benefit of meditating? I think with so many things, it's quite telling, like about people's personalities, and with you, it it needs to be. What can I get out of? Yeah, this? absolutely. It's the same with the podcast. It's mm. the same with what you're reading. It's the same with yeah. everything else. And I think that this, again, you need that proof. Uh, but to your credit, you've been shown, you know, I know that some of these powerlifting um, training regimes can work. And then you do go dick and balls and then you do pick up stupidly heavy weights that normal humans can't do. Yeah. So you think, right, but maybe your threshold for what justifies your time is higher than what it would do for most people. Maybe a lot of people might take this sort of stuff on faith, mm. your requirement. For justification, I think, I think like allocating allocating something. Well, it sounds like really like cliche. Like you never get your time back. So if you're gonna spend it in a certain way, like I think if it is a total waste of time, which I'm sure it isn't, mm. but if it is, it'd be a bit annoying, wouldn't it? Mm. At the end, lying on your deathbed, you're like. But is it as, is, is it as is, is it as annoying as spending four hours a day on your phone? Well, no, well, yeah, well, exactly, exactly. That's yeah. So actually, for for any listeners that are like, oh, I haven't got the time for that. You guys just sit around holding your thumbs all day, so you've got nothing to do. I thought I'd quickly censor that as it was coming out. Um, but if you download an app called Moment, and you listen to a podcast episode that we've done called Distraction is Destruction, then you'll find out that maybe you spend three hours a day on your phone, maybe more. Um, What's your number? Are you getting you? Okay, they're getting a their numbers moment. out. A moment for today, and I already know that it's two hours fifteen. Okay, that'll be less than me. And you think, bloody hell, I'm spending this much time on my phone. Two hours fifty-two. You said like, I tipped. I tipped over over Christmas. I tipped twelve hours. Wow. On a, a single day. Painful. A couple, uh, during a day, a couple of times. Yeah. In fairness, it's work for you. It's, so. But the the lines been the lines been blurred. We should do another distraction is destruction. We should do another one on on podcasts on the um, mobile phone usage, because yeah. again, I feel like I'm wrapping Sam Harris's podcast all the time here. Uh, yeah, another Sam Harris podcast that you should totally check out with a guy called Tristan Harris, who's no no relation. And Tristan Harris uh, runs a website called timewellspent.org. Yeah, that's a moment. That's it. Uh, get yeah. it downloaded, Al. It's depressing. <laughs> yeah, it's really depressing. Or, or not. Um, time, yeah. So Time Well Spent is about the ethical use of uh, programming for guys. It's the Silicon Valley Initiative. And it is trying to encourage the guys that are designing Facebook and Twitter and Instagram mm-hmm to 
ethically think about their use of people's time. Oh. And it is mind-blowing when you find out the level of sophistication that goes into getting this thing called TOS, which is time on screen. Everyone wants time on screen and everyone's battling for time on screen. Man, like the same people that were designing <laughs> roulette um, and slot machines in Vegas 30 years ago are the same people that are designing the oh. mobile apps. So you go onto Twitter, right? I'm you not click, surprised you, you open up You open up the Twitter app and there is a, there's a wait time between when your, your timeline, your newsfeed loads and the number of notifications yes, appear on your Yes, there is. And that is programmed in and it is oh. the exact same wait time that you have in between the different reels of a slot machine occurring. You just ruined his world. You, I watched his face go from smiles to... Man, this Tristan, this, this Tristan Harris guy just blows the lid off. He doesn't go into it in mega depth, but I'm sure that he will do it at some point soon. That was a band, wasn't it? Mega depth. <laughs> That's, oh my God. It is, it is absolutely crazy. So I think, you know, when we're talking about just making time, like, fucking... The answer is... Our time is being... Get a, get a shit phone. It's not. Yeah. It's Why? not because not it doesn't for you. work. It does, not no, for it's you. not. It's not because it doesn't work for the vast majority of people. Because they still need to Google Maps somewhere. Like when they're walking about town, they still need See, to check their email. Again, prior prior to an iPhone, people were fine, weren't they? They were fine. Like if it, let's say let's say this is true and people are stealing our attention. They are one hundred percent. They are absolutely. Then it's worth getting rid of your smartphone. Okay. Disagree. Well, disagree. Yeah, I had a Nokia till I was thirty-one. Till I moved over here, and I've. Move to it, and I'm just cursing every day I wasn't on it. Just with my, to having your one note right there, the Google Maps. Like mm. I'm not Impre- a Facebook person at all, so I've right. Uh, maybe you're they're, insulated. Then <laughs> they're all yeah, yeah. They're all tools, and you use them right. So like the the mm. problem the problem is that I've I've been indoctrinated into this uh, from the other side. I am 100. I've got to the point now where one <coughs> and a, one and a half years on from doing a distraction is destruction podcast. I can absolutely say that I'm addicted to my iPhone. Like I'm, wow. I have a, I have a phone addiction, and I've got. We'll try and get a New Year's resolution one in, despite it being the eighth of January, or maybe even later by the time mm. this comes out. Um, Definitely, we'll I've that. got, I've got a number of ways that I'm trying to get around this. So for me to get to my social media apps, I need to go into a folder and swipe right eight times to That's get to the apps. Now I'm putting my phone in the opposite pocket to the one that I went into because my idiosyncrasy to put my right hand in my pocket to get my phone out picks my wallet up now. Uh, nice. So you've created little barriers to make yourself consciously have to every single time. I've, I've just called the folder that has my social media apps. Time wasting, dickhead. Yeah, time I, wasting. I've done that. Does nothing. Really? No. If you put it in, and you have to. Sw- if you put it in, and you have to swipe for like eight goes. You're like, as you're moving through, yeah, you're do like, I really need to do this? No, and then you're out. Something mm. one of my breaking the loop. It's breaking that cycle. Was replace. So where his like Twitter was, Facebook was, you replaced it with like Audible and then oh. use that. I've I've got that. I've done that, and now I'm in subfolders oh as so well. Chris, you've like you've got this. Oh, ridiculous! Man, I deleted I deleted social media over. I've deleted all of the apps off my phone over well Christmas, and then came back and did two twelve hour days on the balance. Oh, man, see, I, I, like, I, I don't have Facebook on my phone, but I think for us, for at least for Johnny and I, f- social media is more of a pain than it, like it, it it's more work than it is for pleasure like we don't really use social media for pleasure but it's we still find we're still on it well neither of us like post personal stuff on facebook i'm a personal instagram but even with personal that, twitter even with the personal stuff right like it's only one way if you're not bothered about what other people are saying all that much and really the 99 percent of what people share is surface deep attention seeking or dog videos off buzzfeed mm. like that is 
all that exists on social media now. The guys that you know, yeah, maybe maybe you wouldn't have found some of the writers and people that you really, really are attracted to because they've been posted and tagged by someone else that you really so value. Rare, though. It's so like, rare that you see... Uh, it's just our mental environment that's been Jordan, Jordan Peterson tagged one of the uh, the Weinstein brothers, yeah, the Weinstein not, brothers, fucking Weinstein. It's, it's not it's not worth hanging around for that though, for the little exactly, of, exactly. On the retreats, you had to hand in your phone on the first day, and when I came on the final day to say hi, I'm here to pick up my phone again. I was thinking that like, on second thought, you can keep it. <laughs> <laughs> keep the phone. Yeah, Man, like, I was like, this has been liberating from like because all my phone is is a way for people to harass me. It's very rare that I, I it's pretty rare it goes off and you feel better. Yeah. After having it, after it having gone off, like it's normally like ah, oh, thank God. But I, yeah. disagree, I, dis- <laughs> I disagree. It's not much better when it goes off, and it's like a a Facebook notification. Your friend has invited you to this. It's an Instagram tag notification for you guys. It's something to do with work. There's certain elements like if it's a group chat with people that I'm bothered about. Yeah. Like, it brightens my day. Yeah, I agree. But again, we're talking about a very very minor amount of time that you spend. Like what percentage of that? As a proportion of your talking newsfeed scrolling and watching Instagram stories, man. Horrible. That is when you think the amount of time that you've accumulated doing that. Do you know? I'll get it up on the next one, but I shit you not. It will be. It will be. (laughs) I'll get it up. Without exaggeration, since the beginning of me using Moment, I will have tipped probably somewhere in the region of four thousand hours. So you can you can look at. Oh no, you can't. You can't all time. Have you? Have you got? You got the pro. Yeah, to get pro. That would be a lovely circle back. Pro version. Because in the in the first one, I harass you to get pro, and now we can talk about episode. It'll be over. It'll be over four thousand hours. So I could have done the same. I could have done forty meditation retreats. See, that's really upsetting because then you. It's always a case of this internal dialogue of like, oh, I haven't got the time for X, and then you look at the. I feel like we should save all this discussion for the next distraction one. But any any closing thoughts from. Anyone on that uh, marathon? I was just about to tell you how many times I picked my phone up today, but I can't get the data. It was it was ninety nine times. Oh, okay, well, no one hundred. Yeah, no one hundred and one. Yeah, God. I think I, I think it's been interesting hearing you guys. So, are you going to go back and do another one, Yusuf? Probably at some point. Yeah. Are you, um, have you got like a desperate yearning? Do you feel like that you need to? Do you feel like? I would maybe do a shorter one, like a two or a three day one. Okay. As like a top up. Yeah. And then is yeah. this fear of work creeping in that you're not going to have another time where it's Christmas? Happens every year. That's the advantage. Yeah. Possibly, and I think it's like I've I've been given some work to go and do now, so I should probably like from the meditation. I mean, I should probably go and like do some home practice for a bit, and then reevaluate in a year's time or so. Like Al and David are, you know, a, a year or two on, and they're wanting to do another one. So mm. you maybe, think maybe between one and two years is like the. I think what what I would like to know is do you do one and arrive somewhere that you stay at or do you do one get somewhere Peak temporarily and then want to get back there because if you arrive somewhere and get somewhere surely the the next rational thing is like doing meditation gets it does this to me and uh, if that's okay. a nice thing so it did then... that's interesting because it did do nice things to me and i did feel <laughs> I, I, I did feel great during that time i felt very extremely clear extremely precise and you don't care about stuff in a mm. good way and that was very pleasant but I was aware at the same time at the back of my mind that this is a transient pleasant sensation okay. and the key gain from all of this is building momentum and skill with the practice so I remember thinking like this might fade and that would be a shame 
but it, it's not the end of the world and it's not like I'm going to chase that feeling so is would doing another one be like I've got I'm, I'm at level one I want to get to level two or probably, is it like yeah. I just want to do more of working in this range but you'd probably still upgrade anyway. I think right. you've got to presume that the, the, the all-time high glass you, ceiling gets lifted. You raise mm. your all-time high, and so you raise your baseline as well. It's like if you increase your one rep max by 50 kilos... Your 50% also goes up. Yeah, so your warm-up weights also go up, and so your, your, the general percentage... That's a really, really clever analogy <laughs> for a fitness channel. For everyone <laughs> that's listening, like, oh, yeah. I am. And that, that doesn't just happen from... So if you think if you'd done the same hours over three weeks or five weeks like a longer period of time you think it would be different there's something about the, the compression the intensity of it over the ten days I couldn't speak to it but from what you've re- you say you've read in those books and they allude to the fact that the you need to front line well so you've done you, before you went you've done 350 hours according to my app but I'd probably meditated a bit before so a lot more than app, yeah. so I'd say closer to 400 okay and then you've done roughly a quarter of that compressed yeah yeah was there a marked? I mean, I know it's uh, like those four hundred have accumulated over what four years or yeah. So it's maybe a bit hard to measure. But, but was there a a big difference? Yeah, there was a difference between the doing seventy five hours, let's say, in one go, compared to right. Like where where was I at mental state wise seventy five hours ago? Right. Is it, yeah. Do you, you get big change. Yeah. Because I remember the first thing you said to me was you feel very different. It was yeah. There's, there's a categorical shift. It's not a huge one, but it's it's so... I, the way I expressed it was very low significance level, or very high significance level, but low effect size. So there is a definite shift. It's not huge, but it's palpable and... It's definitely... It's, it's definitely, yeah. I think one of the things that has maybe downplayed the impact it's had on you is the fact that as a portion of your overall meditation, this is less. Yeah. The piece of the pie that is made up for Al is... 50% maybe. For David, he'd never done meditation before. 100%. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I find that incredible. Like, uh, yeah, he, yeah. He, that's, like, that's like no preparation, <laughs> pair of shorts, flip-flops, Everest. If you're listening and you're like, you know what, I fancy that approach, all the power to you and good luck for doing it. Just make sure you're somewhere that you can't really escape and you just, <laughs> you just go and do it. I can't decide whether that's bad advice or good advice. <laughs> But I, don't, I know why he's going to die. If you fancy doing Everest, just there's give me a, a There's an Alcatraz meditation. <laughs> you guys, between the three of you, probably got David and Al and Yusuf in terms of experience, hours of experience, and how much you've done before and after. And it seems like you've all got something out of it regardless. Well, I've been a bit, I'm not as driven in my, per, in my day-to-day life as you guys sound like you are. So for me, it was just a, it was one, a great experience. Yeah, I want to be on my deathbed and say, yeah, I tried some weird stuff. Did that. And I'll definitely do it again. I saw the benefit. But also feel compelled to say, like, from a mental health perspective, less so if you've got sort of a chemical depression, as far as my understanding goes, but for someone with more of an anxiety-based thing like me, it was so useful on that front. Not to say that it's not, doesn't come without risks. So. I, think, I think what's really interesting in, and reassuring about your experience, Al, is the fact that you went and did the meditation retreat and then didn't burden yourself with this post-retreat requirement to continue the practice at that level. Because I do think that one thing that was definitely, for me, one of the most intimidating things and one of the things I didn't like about the idea of the retreat was the preparation and the post. I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to meditate loads beforehand and shit, once I'm finished, I'm going to feel so guilty if I don't. Mm. 
fucking hell like you're literally learning that things are transient and, being, <laughs> and, and in the same breath being concerned about future past things which haven't occurred and future future things which are going to yeah do you know what I mean that's I think, interesting well, I think I just started marathon training seriously so I didn't have any time so I wasn't okay. I stopped so I just in yeah um, if, you, if you feel like doing it do it would be my takeaway yeah I think if you're if you're called to do it do it um if you're doing it because your spouse is like, oh, I really fancy doing this, do you want to come along? Then oh, no, I can do it in that case. I was really? going to say, yeah, you won't, have to, you, won't, you, won't, you won't have to hear off them for a week and they, they sound like they'd annoy the hell out of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. If you guys have any questions about the retreat, if you're thinking of going on one after this, then shoot us a message, post in the comments, post on our Facebook page, and we'll get back to you. And when you would say... Even if someone doesn't want to go nuclear, yeah, start meditating. Is it that's a beneficial thing, right? Regardless Actually, of... I, I wouldn't recommend meditation to everybody, but in most cases, yeah, it's a. I've I've actually got a I've got a video on this. I'm wondering whether to post it publicly or not. If not, I'll do an article. But I think doing meditation or yoga, yoga is more accessible, and yoga you'll feel more of a difference in the first session or the first five sessions there's a lot of bad yoga out there though. there is a lot of bad yoga so yeah persist. so you'll have, I mean okay yeah I suppose finding a decent yoga class and going to it you'll discover that part and that place in your awareness more quickly and be able to make a decision on it if you're in Newcastle go to yoga therapies in Heaton fantastic place agreed okay gonna wrap this up it has been lovely David is in the shower because he's he's had enough and he's off to Middlesbrough 6am yep as always if you have any questions let us know if you have any requests for topics on podcasts also let us know and we will speak to you soon hey Johnny again hope you enjoyed that episode of the propane fitness podcast just a short reminder if you're listening to this driving in your car and you're thinking man I really wish I had a reference that they made in minute five or ten or whatever to that thing that they were talking about well we we put together show notes for these podcasts every single week we give you timestamps, we give you links to things we talk about and we also give chances to grab free things bonuses etc so head over to propanefitness.com and grab the show notes for this episode over there also if you want to be notified of these podcasts when they come out if you want free subscribe subscriber only benefits Stick your email address in and grab our free downloads, one of the many free downloads if you go to propinfitness.com and the homepage. There's a big red banner on the top of the website. Pick up that free ebook, that free download, and we'll send you emails whenever a new podcast is available. Just one short reminder as well. As you are a podcast listener, you have access to our exclusive free gift that is available nowhere else, and that is at propinfitness.com forward slash gift. Shout, shout.